in the Toronto Star, this article caught my eye. Rehabilitation, not arrest, is the answer for terrorist travelers, expert says. With Daesh uh, forces scattering, law enforcement and government focus is on how to handle any uh, fighters returning to Canada. And there is this um, sociology professor at the University of Waterloo by the name of Lauren Dawson. And he's quoted in this article. He's a project director for the Canadian Network for Research on Terrorism, Security and Society. So pretty big title. And he says that the Liberal government is under pressure to explain what it's doing to contain any threat from foreign fighters returning to Canada. But he thinks that locking up extremist travelers is not the answer. He actually thinks they can be rehabilitated. So imagine my thought after we spoke with ex-CSIS and RCMP undercover operator and operative and counterterrorism expert Mubin Sheikh, uh, you know, only a couple of weeks ago to find out that most countries have a kill list. So if you're a Canadian and you go and fight in, you know, overseas in Syria or anywhere for ISIS, your name's probably on the list. And they want to take you out there because when you come back, the odds of rehabilitation are very slight and slim. So we're joined by Mubin again. Mubin, I, I don't know if you got a look at this article, but immediately I thought, well, we got to get Mubin on the horn again to talk about it. Of course, I see all this stuff. I mean, before it hits the media, so... Uh, yeah, let's talk about it. There's been there's been a lot of hype. Uh, the politicians are kind of playing with it. But yeah, go ahead. Well, I well, first, the question in my mind, and I'm sure other people listening, you know, can you rehabilitate someone that's gone overseas to fight for ISIS? Well, uh, it's a case-by-case basis. Uh, there's no guarantees. Nobody can tell you, yes, you can certainly de-radicalize anybody. Uh, what you do is you look at it on a spectrum, uh, a probability of uh, or likelihood of rehabilitation. Uh, there are a number of things that you can look at, how much time they spent there. Obviously, the lesser time they spent there, you know, the, the, the greater the likelihood. Uh, what kind of activities or how they're kind of approaching their return. Uh, there's a spectrum. Look, not everyone was a cook. True. A lot of these guys lie. They lie because they know that they're going to be thrown in prison for many years. And those that have blood on their hands... Certainly, that's what we should be we should be doing with them. Uh, like I said two weeks ago, uh, if we're not already killing them in the battle space, which we are, uh, there's a lot of hype over the numbers that have been given. Uh, the minister himself was repeating what was submitted to, uh, I believe, a Senate committee by the then CSIS director of you know 180 is a top number, 60 is another number, 60 who have come back. Some people that's feel 60. that's low. Well, it is. It's, in fact, lower because 60 is those who have come back. You know, we're talking since the 80s. Mm. Uh, we're not talking like since the 80s. We're talking like the Afghan war, etc. So, Mubin, uh, so, as yeah. an expert, do you think that 60 is low because uh, we're not keeping track or, or the Canadian government doesn't want to freak us out? No, no, no. It's even lower. I mean, we're, we're talking about returnees as opposed to returnees from ISIS. Returnees from ISIS is about 10. Uh, even oh, Lauren Dawson, who I know very well, yeah, it's even so. Sixty even is a is a hyped up number. Uh, we're looking at ten who have come back. Five or six of them have already been charged and are in court or are in prison. Uh, there are two probably that have not been charged. I know because I'm dealing with one of them, um, and you know I'm, I'm hoping he doesn't get arrested. Obviously, but you know I have my own psychological operations uh, reasons for that. Right? I mean, the whole point of us trying to say, oh, we're going to do rehabilitation, even I ask myself, for what, right? What's the return on our investment? Right. Bringing this person back, I mean, they're going to be in this mindset, like, what do we get out of that? 
So ultimately, I mean, the answer to that, I think, is if you get to, you know, a handful, you just need a small amount who are on a very low end of risk. You know, who, I mean, I've been dealing with this guy. You know, I, I live and breathe this stuff. So, and, and we can use those people now to go into the communities, to talk to people, other young people, to say, listen, man, like, and this is the payment that you give back to society for not putting you in a prison cell. You know, when we, last we spoke, you know, we were just talking about uh, the idea of people having kill lists out there. And now we're hearing about the idea of, you know, this this, uh, this Canadian CSIS is aware of 180 individuals with nexus to Canada who are suspected of terrorist activity. I think one of the questions is out there is, you know, uh, they say it's very hard to keep these people because, you know, it's very hard to prove what they did overseas. Couldn't they be charged with treason? No, treason, I mean, is is a more politicized charge, I think. Um, You know, we've had incidents of, uh, you know, Canadian forces, soldiers, I think two of them, or there are two cases where, there was some selling secrets, but it, there is an espionage act in where those things are prosecuted. But no, this is a, there is a straight terrorism charge. I mean, for you to go and join a group, it's you know it, it is pretty straightforward. But the problem is this: I mean, having been a witness in the, the Toronto 18, you know, it lasted four years. There were five legal hearings where you know they they just you know argue this stuff out to the nth degree, and that that takes time and that takes money. Um, and so what they decide is, look, if, if there isn't a preponderance of evidence that we can make an easy charge and put them in court, then you, you just can't do that, right? And they've done that already with at least five people where the evidence was very strong and they got the conviction or at least they, you know, are, are, be, are they're, they're able to be brought into court under what's called a peace bond, right? A mm-hmm. peace bond is where there might not be enough evidence for a pure criminal charge per se, but we still want to put you under some kind of monitoring mechanism, you know, which will include A, B, C, and D. So that that those are the kinds of options that we're dealing with. Now. And I know and we're really- I, I know we're dealing with those, but is it unrealistic and to continuous that we can to believe that we can continuously surveil these people? I mean, isn't it at you know isn't the cost obscene? It is not just obscene. Let's look at the Edmonton attacker. Uh, you know, used the U-Haul truck, ran over people. Right? He's been arrested. He wasn't. He was. He wasn't charged with terrorism. He was charged with murder. Right? I mean, homicide. That's a that's a straight bigger offense. Mm-hmm. But I mean, in twenty two years previous, the RCMP. You know, his name came up from the community. Somebody called in, said, "Hey, maybe you should check this guy out." They checked him out. The guy was lifting off, but he wasn't breaking the law. So there was nothing the RCMP could do. They had to move, you know, onto their list. And what happens two years later, he, we're reading about him in the front page. So, I mean, you, what does that mean? Do we surveil them for two years, three years, five years? I mean, the, the, the cost is astronomical, like you said. But even trying to take them to court to prosecute them, that's going to cost money as well. So, so Canada... Right. According to this article in The Star, they say that Canada's playing catch-up with other countries when it comes to counter-radicalization efforts. I mean, you're in the middle of this. Uh, that's what you do. So do you believe we're playing catch-up? Well, I think at the governmental level, we are. I mean, it's only now with the Liberal government announcing funding for this, you know, this uh, so-called center. It's going to be community-based, which is very good. But other European countries, you know, they've already been dealing with this stuff for a number of years, and they already have these programs uh, up and running. 
look, I, again, I don't want to make it a partisan thing, but we kind of dealt with this under Harper previously. Uh, there was some funding that was given to the organization, uh, you know, Can- uh, Canadian Research Network on Terrorism, Security, and Society, uh, $10 million in funding. Remember, after the Boston attacks, uh, you know, the then prime minister said, now is not the time to commit sociology. Mm. Right? But ironically, the Lauren Dawson, uh, who you, you cited earlier, he is a sociologist. So look, we've been discussing this stuff for too long. I think we the, only now did the government give uh, announce funding for grants to community organizations to deal with young people face to face. And that's what we're kind of catching up on. Yes. All right. So you believe in some cases rehabilitation is possible? In some cases, look, again, it has to be a case by case basis. You need a trained eye to interview and interrogate these people to know what they're about. You need to detect deception in them. And there are ways to do this. This is what I train agencies on because look i i have been monitoring this stuff since it started you know 2012 13 14 and 15 and they talked about sending people in not just in the refugee flows and we're starting to see some cases come out but also to come back and claim that they're de-radicalized and then kick off look final point we are not facing the the kinds of threats that europe is facing germany sweden norway I mean, it's it's a much bigger problem over there. The Canadian numbers that we're dealing with are very low end. There is no cadre of highly trained ISIS assassins in Canada. We need to get that kind of hype and rhetoric out of our heads and, and be thankful that we have just a handful of people that we're dealing with. Mubin, I'm we sure... We're doing good. Yeah, and I'm sure that everybody just breathed a huge sigh of relief. I hope so. I hope so. We're, we're, we're doing things right. The government spends billions of dollars in security. It is very irresponsible to say we don't take the security of Canadians seriously. That's just not true. Mubin, thanks so much for joining me. I appreciate it. Most welcome. Cheers. Cheers. That's Mubin Sheikh, ex-CSIS and RCMP undercover operative in counterterrorism. We all feel a little bit better, I think. Well, at least I do.